Buenos dias from Big Creek. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 22nd of September 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Tuesday the 20th, the UN's Independent International Fact-Finding Mission on Venezuela released a report stating that the intelligence agencies in Venezuela are guilty of crimes against humanity including acts of torture and sexual violence. The mission said that the General Directorate of Military Counterintelligence, or DGCIM, and the Bolivarian National Intelligence Service, or SEBIN, were responsible for committing these acts under Maduro's orders. Marta Valinas, the chair of the mission, claims to have documented around 120 cases of victims of DGCIM agents who tortured, sexually abused, and ill-treated people at the Boleita headquarters in Caracas and in a network of hidden detention centers throughout the country. Meanwhile, the SEBIN allegedly tortured or ill-treated detainees, including opposition politicians, journalists, and human rights defenders in their El Helicoide detention center in Caracas. In the same report, the mission also highlights that in the Bolivar state, governmental authorities and militarized groups have committed a series of violations and crimes against indigenous populations, including arbitrary arrests and even gun attacks, to obtain the gold of the areas defended by the indigenous people of the region. Balinia said that they based their conclusions on almost 250 confidential interviews with victims, their relatives, and former officials of the aforementioned security and intelligence agencies. Moving on, on Thursday the 15th, the Assistant Secretary of State for Western Hemisphere Affairs, Brian Nichols, told Maduro's government that the patience of the Biden administration is not infinite. He also threatened to intensify sanctions against the country if they do not return to negotiations with the Venezuelan opposition in Mexico City, which were interrupted last year. The undersecretary refused to set a deadline to resume negotiations, but said that the U.S. government will use, quote, different tools to sanction and enforce the law, end quote. He also promised that if there is no progress, Biden's government will work in coordination with its partners around the world to ensure that Maduro's regime does not have access to assets that are frozen and will promote investigations with the International Criminal Court for violations of human rights committed in Venezuela. Following this news, on Thursday the 19th, during his TV program, Con el Mazo Tando, Diosdado Cabello, the vice president of the United Socialist Party of Venezuela, responded to Nichols' threats saying that right now, their sanctions won't have any effects on the people who had been through it all. In Cabello's opinion, these threats are reinforcing Venezuelans' anti-imperialist behavior. During the broadcast, Cabello also condemned the fact that the United States had included Venezuela on the list of drug-producing countries and said that there's no drug market in the country. In more international news, on Sunday the 18th, Venezuela, along with Syria, Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, Afghanistan, and Burma, were not invited to the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. Even though London recognizes Juan Guaido as the interim president of Venezuela due to the conflict of powers in the country, the invitation was denied to both Maduro and Guaido. 
Speaking of Maduro, on Monday the 19th, he announced that the Colombian-Venezuelan company, Monomeros, is already in the hands of the ruling party. He appointed Ninosca La Concha as the company's general manager. The announcement came after Billy Escobar, the Colombian superintendent of companies, met with Félix Plasencia, the Venezuelan ambassador in Bogotá, and Pedro Tejechea Ruiz, the president of the Venezuelan state petrochemical company, to sign the document endorsing the assumption of a new directive of the company appointed by the Chavismo. This happened after the opposition leader, Leopoldo López, accused the former manager of Monomeros, Guillermo Rodríguez Laprea, of allying with the Maduro regime on Sunday the 18th. Let us remember that the company has been in the hands of Guaido administration since 2019 after the former president of Colombia recognized him as president of Venezuela that same year. Rumors of an alleged meeting between Maduro and Petro were quashed. On Wednesday the 21st, the Colombian president, during his speech at the Latin America, the United States, and Spain in the Global Economy Forum, said that he has no plans to meet with Maduro at the border on the day of its reopening. The rumors began on Tuesday the 20th after the Colombian Minister of Transport, Guillermo Reyes, said that the first meeting between the two leaders would take place on the 26th of September on the border between Venezuela and Colombia. In more news about the border, on Wednesday the 21st, Venezuelan and Colombian authorities met at the San Antonio del Táchira Customs to agree on a time for the opening of the border. After the meeting, they confirmed to local media that the opening will start at 10 a.m. with the exchange of heavy cargo transport. Next up, on Thursday the 15th, at the Iran and Venezuela Scientific, Technological, and Industrial Expo Feria, Maduro announced that his government will send a group of young Venezuelans of different ages to Iran to take courses in science and technology. Farah Pahlavi, the Iranian First Lady, said that the young people will visit her country between the 1st and 10th of October. To date, no information has been given about who the young people are or how they will be chosen. On that note about technology, on Thursday the 15th, in a national broadcast from the Poliedro de Caracas, Maduro announced that vehicles with Iranian technology will be manufactured in Venezuela and sold in the country through the company Beniranuto. The vehicle's prices will range from $12,000 to $16,000. The Chavista leader detailed that there will be four types of manufactured models. He also said that Venezuela is a powerful market for vehicle sales and that families and young people will be able to purchase them. However, currently, the Venezuelan minimum wage is less than $20. On the same day, Maduro announced that medical equipment for hemodialysis developed with 100% Iranian technology will arrive in Venezuela in the coming months. He said that this technology will arrive in the country thanks to the Euro-Asian tour he made this year between the 7th and 16th of June. Speaking of Iran, after three months of waiting, on Friday the 16th, 12 crew members of the Iranian-Venezuelan plane held in Argentina arrived at the Maiketia airport. Relatives, friends, authorities, and many more people received the crew members with Venezuelan flags and a lot of enthusiasm. 
So far, four Iranians, including Golamrez Ghasemi, accused of belonging to the Al-Quds terrorist organization, and three Venezuelans are detained in Argentina. In other news, on Monday the 19th, a large file was recorded in the quote-unquote ballast lagoon in one of the PDVSA refineries in Puerto La Cruz and Soategui. Local and PDVSA firefighters extinguished the flames. Oil Minister Tarek El-Aisami said that the cause of the fire was due to lightning that struck a water treatment lagoon that contained traces of hydrocarbons. This is a second fire recorded at Pedevesa refineries in the east of the country after a ship carrying fuel caught fire on the Pedevesa Guaraguao dock last Saturday the 10th. Summer vacation is almost over. On Sunday the 18th, the Minister of Education, Yelitze Santaesia, reported on her Twitter account that classes will begin on 3rd of October. However, this news did not please the workers of the educational sector who protested in social media. The educators alleged that their vacations were interrupted by the delay in the payment of the vacation bonus, which had to be paid in the last 10 days of July, but was deposited on the 16th of August. They cite the Article 190 of the Labor Law, which establishes that the interrupted vacations will be, quote, reactivated when the circumstances cease, end quote. Therefore, educators consider that classes should start later than reported. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We've been thinking about ways that we can set up some type of a community not through emails or some other ways to waste time online, but a real community with cool people, influence, and responsibilities. We are not sure how to do it or what it would look like, but if you are listening to this, you are exactly who we want to be in it. Any chance you could talk to us about what would or would not interest you about an endeavor like that, send us an email at podcast.rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima! Thank you.